Hello and welcome to the Rigori podcast, the show that's about as you dodgy as destiny. We are here once again to chat through the weekend's events in Serie A and what an exciting weekend it's been once more. We've really got, um, I think we're really getting into the swing of things and uh, some exciting results. I'm joined as always by my poor cousin Marco who's feeling a bit under the weather. How are you doing Marco? Uh, not great but I have risen from my sick bed so that I can not miss the opportunity to rant about Venezia later on. <laughs> well, I've I've heard that's the best medicine for a for a bad cold. So we'll we'll get you. We can get that out of your system in due course. I mean, the big the big event of the weekend really was the the Milan derby, and it it didn't let us down in terms of spectacle and excitement. And once again, Rafael Leal, an absolute an absolute superstar. It, it, it did make me wonder, Marco, how long do we think that Serie A can keep a hold of a talent like that? Yeah, I, I mean, we spoke about this a bit last season when he was having such a great second half of the season. And, um, you know, it was good that he, wo- he was able to be kept over the summer. But the worry is that I think he's still not signed the new deal yet and stuff. And we've seen this story before where um, they say they're going to stay and then end up going away. So I suspect probably not for very long, but... You never know. It does happen sometimes that players kind of realise that they're in the in the atmosphere environment that that suits them and perfectly suits their game. Uh, so he he might decide to stay. He certainly seems to genuinely love playing for Milan. So yeah, we as as Serie A fans, we can only hope that he stays for as long as possible. Absolutely, because I mean he had another blinder at the mm. weekend. He's absolutely he's just so devastating. I mean on. He don't dare to let him get on the run, but no. he, but even from a standing start, he can he would burn defenders for fun. He just does, yeah. does a kind of little flick flack, and the next minute you're you're kind of looking at you're looking at thin air, really. And I mean, as I say, it was a good game. I, I felt again that I, I, I feel that Simone Inzaghi doesn't get the best out of this Inter squad. There's something, I, do, I don't know if it's him or if it's the players, but there's something that seems to hold them back. Because I thought at stages they had the they had the winning of the game, but then Milan with with, with our old favourite Giroud, who just seems to pop up. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, we know what he is. He's a good, good striker, but he's not a world beater. And yet somehow... You know, they, they, I thought they were well worth the win in the end, and I don't know, as I say, I don't know if that's a shortcoming of of Simone Inzaghi as a manager, or should we just give credit to to Stefano Pioli? I mean, where where do you sit on that, Marco? Yeah, it's it's difficult to know. I suppose the, the Milan have that winning mentality now after winning the Scudetto last season, so they will have that extra bit of belief. But I agree with you that Inter, on paper, potentially have a better squad than Milan, so. Inzaghi just—he's one of these managers. He did well at Lazio, but he's never really won anything of 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 no. Um, I think he might have won the Coppa Italia, did he? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, but apart from that, you know, sometimes you know managers can do well at a slightly smaller club, and that's no disrespect to Lazio, but just in terms of of you know Scudetto wins and stuff, to take that step up, it can sometimes be too much and. I don't know. I, th- I think they play good football sometimes. Inter, they've got great players, but maybe it's just that it's that missing, you know, X factor that that some managers have and some don't. I think. Yeah, I think so. I would say to me, they've got a squad there that 
Should, I mean, all is not lost in the Serie A race because, as we'd said last week, it's so wide open that even that win puts Milan sort of joint top or, or dependent mm. dependent on results. But, I mean, it only leaves Inter a few points off the top as well. So, you know, it's it, nothing lost as such. It's just, it's the psychological blow, I think. Winning the, yeah. der- winning the derby is such a big thing in Milan, you know, and these are now two teams that are back up where they belong, and it just it feels like almost a psychological block. It was as if you know Inter had the game for a while there for the winning, and, and I mean credit to Milan, they, they, they did take it back by the scruff of the neck. But just you know, if there's some kind of mental mental block there, you, you mentioned. Oh, sorry, sorry I, I was just wanting to say, jump in there and just say quickly, you know, it is nice that for all for all we and especially me will badmouth Serie A. The, the the Milan derbies of the recent Milan derbies have been really great games, you know, really entertaining football matches. Now you can argue about the quality or whatever in terms of if you're comparing it to the Premier League or whatever, but the, the, there seems to me to have been a step up in terms of the intensity and just the approach that the teams take in the derby, not just the derby, but these big games that yeah. are on in the evening now so it, it's really exciting to watch yeah, it is I, would, I mean there was a I, I don't know because I've spent my day I watched the Liverpool derby earlier in the day and that was you know I mean maybe it was technically superior I don't know but it wasn't half the spectacle and given the the European ban you know, we only saw 75 minutes of the Milan derby and yeah. <laughs> those 75 minutes packed in more action than I think Liverpool and Everton could have played another 90 minutes and we wouldn't have seen anything half as exciting. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. They, they do deserve credit and credit to Inzaghi as well. He's always been, you know, a manager that liked to play quite open, attractive football as well. So, you know, between him and Pioli, they served up a, an absolute treat and it is, you know, it is a... Uh, we we can see what we like about the quality, as you say, but it is a good advert for Italian football when when these are on, you know, the evening fixtures and they actually deliver the goods. Yeah. Once again, the, the the other the other well, there were a couple of big games on Saturday. Really, I mean, one one was um, Lazio locking horns with with Napoli, and again, our man the the. Impronounceable one, Quaradzfelia. Um, yeah, let's call him Quaradona for the sake of ease of use. Was was at it again? I mean, did, did you see much of that game? Did you see highlights of that game, Marco? I, I, I saw the highlights of the game, and uh, yeah, it looked good. And actually, Lazio um, looked to me in the early stages to be to be dominating, but but Napoli, to their credit, managed to um, get back in the game. And I just think. I, you know, I was slightly critical of Napoli in terms of their approach to the transfer market and getting rid, not necessarily all of the players they were getting rid of, but the, losing Koulibaly and, and Insigne and Mertens and stuff is going to impact the team. But, they've, you know, credit to their scouts, they've they've picked up some really great replacements. And, yeah, Kvaradona himself is, is, has had such a great start to the season. There was a wee bit of controversy in that game, I don't know if you saw the I mean, I felt on what I saw on the balance of play, Napoli were worth their win. You know, they did create mm-hmm. they did create a lot of chances, but I saw um, Sarri complaining later about a possible penalty, um, an incident where Mario Rui yeah. um, struck Ladsari. Did, did you see that? And 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 if so, do you, do you think he had a case? 
Well, yeah, I can see why he was he was wanting it, but I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, they, they they give penalties for so little in Italy that it's maybe a surprise that it wasn't given in that in that situation. And you can see why managers like him get angry if they're not given when you see the other sorts of penalties that are given. I suppose, um, but but like you say, certainly from what I saw, I didn't see the whole game, but I did see the highlights, and it did look to me like like Napoli probably deserved their win. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought the age and on that. Incident. I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I think it's one of these ones that we see them given in Italy. So there's an expectation level that they'll mm-hmm. be given, and he definitely his arm was up. And I think Mario Rui does do. Having just watched him play Fiorentina, he does do that a bit. And also, you know, but the other factor I thought was that Lazzari does have a bit of a reputation for going to ground quite easily yeah. and so that may have that may have played against them and you know and then again we're down to this the the VAR does it doesn't it intervene you know should it shouldn't it intervene I, I don't know that it was such a glaring thing that you know it should have been it should have been given so you know as I say you're right a manager of any team that doesn't get it is going to be is going to be irate but you know if you if you did give it equally you know I, I don't think there was that strong to me it wasn't that compelling a case that it no, should have been yeah. a penalty if I'd been refereeing I probably wouldn't have given it and talking of penalties it was a shock in Florence where there was a penalty given but it actually went to it actually went to Fiorentina who, who then <laughs> did the decent thing did the decent thing and missed it but I mean the big thing my big sort of take away from that game well two two elements really I mean the the first part was that Juventus managed one shot on target in yeah. in that game. Now I I think this is becoming a not becoming this is an issue for Max Allegri that he's got I mean, you look at the team he can put out and yet they're there's they sit fifteenth in Serie A for shots per game. It it just it, they they don't seem to deliver on the pitch, you know, and I'd be worried ahead of the European games as well. That you know, to go to Florence, it's always a big game for Fiorentina, but you expect Juventus to put up a a better fight than that. I mean, have you seen much Juve recently? And and what's what's going wrong with them in terms of yeah, just creating chances? I mean, actually, I think as well his comments afterwards were a bit disgraceful, really, for a Juve manager to say that he's not thinking about trying to beat PSG. It's uh, who was the other team in the group? I can't remember. My my cold filled brain can't can't remember. Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he, he, you know, Juve should be trying to win all their home games in the Champions League. And I don't know. It's funny. He just seems to be a manager that has has football has left him behind, and he doesn't quite understand why what he was doing before isn't still working. I mean, his squad, the players they bought. Okay, they've had injuries. That's fair, but um, he, they should be they should be winning more games than they are they should certainly be creating more chances than they are so yeah it's it's uh, very odd and you do wonder how much time they'll give him to be honest uh, yeah no I'd, I'd have to say on that you know on that performance I'd be questioning his future self and and not just that game but recent games I've seen many Juventus fans reaching the end of their tether in the same way you know they had a goal there within the first 10 minutes should have been a foundation to, you know, at, at the very least score goals on the counter attack. But instead, they got caught actually a bit of a sucker punch from from Fiorentina, which which mm-hmm. bring, brings me to the other element of the game, which is you know I, I 
sung the praises recently of the reinvention of Sofia and Amrabat at, at, at Fiorentina, who looked hopeless when he signed from Verona, and yet now is an absolute mainstay of the, the, the viola midfield, at least in these early weeks. And next, I mean, this would probably be an even greater miracle by Vincenzo Italiano. Christian Kuami looks like, uh, I'm calling him the, the pound shop Rafael Leao. He's, he's just, he's transformed from being a a striker who had, you know, no clue where the net was and, and he often looked like he had no clue what a football was. He, he suddenly, I mean, a bit like this is a, a throwback that not many listeners will remember, but there was a guy called Tane McMinn that played for Queen of the South and for Rangers, who often it looked like he didn't know what direction he was going to go in, <laughs> never mind never mind the opposition, and that's Kwame's become a bit like that, that he's just got this element of energy and drive that um, Fiorentina have lacked, and he's actually let, I mean, they spent a lot of money to bring in Jonathan Ikone, but I think he's actually leapt Leapt above. I mean, did, did you see his his goal at the weekend, yeah. Marco? No, it was nice. I thought it was it was a nice move. It was a nice pass from was it Sotil that, yeah. that played the ball through, and yeah, great finish. And then, and then it looked to me like Fiorentina dominated the second half, really, in terms of chances. Anyway. They, they did. They did. I mean, the, the thing with Fiorentina, which is the other stat attack that I was going to throw at you, is that I think they're second top in terms of shots per game. But they're about they're about the fourth worst def- actual in converting shots. They've, mm. they've they've barely scored any goals, and that's that's their Achilles heel. I mean, they're almost like the opposite, the polar opposite of yeah. Juventus. That they, they they have a lot of the ball. They I mean, I wouldn't say they create a lot of chances, but you know, because they have so much of the ball, they do create chances. They shoot quite a lot, but they just can't stick it in the net. And I think you know, I, I feel a hope, obviously, as a Fiorentina fan that. One of these days, it's going to click, and and they will give somebody a, a thrashing. Because I mean, even the other through the week against Udinese, they had all the ball, but but they couldn't put it in the net, and they and they got caught. And I mean, I think Udinese, as we speak, are giving Roma mm-hmm. a similar a similar lesson. They're a stuffy side that you know, I, I see it's like um, ten giants and. Delufeu, really, you know, that's the, the Udinese approach, but it does it, it does it does get results. But Fiorentina seem to be, as I say, uh, I think there's a something there if it can just click for them. And Kuame could be the man. I think giving him a regular starting place with Sotil down the wings just now until until Gonzalez is fully fit is is going to be a is going to could be a good a good. Recipe and, and Yusuf Mali in the midfield. Well. Oh, obviously, Mali in the midfield because I mean, everybody once a player leaves Venice, they like to be they like to <laughs> yeah. be successful. Exactly, so, yeah. so like Omri today. Yeah, it? I know, but they they seem to all be once that, as I say, once they get outside the the city boundaries or whatever, they 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 seem to flourish. Well, you've brought us on to it, Marco. Now, I, you're not feeling well. Your team. Could they have at least delivered something to cheer you up over the weekend? I'd like to say that if if you see tears starting to stream by my face, it's it's not my passion, it's my cold. But uh, but um, yeah, no, it was it was uh, genuinely one of the worst performances I've seen from us for seasons. Um, just no no style of play whatsoever, no concept in terms of how to create a chance, and 
<laughs> yeah, and yeah, we we deservedly lost the game. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you could argue that they hit us twice in the break, but they looked like the team that were going to win that game. There's no doubt about it. So, um, what really got me going though was that afterwards you read the the social media and the match report of of Venezia, the official there on their website, and apparently we dominated the ball. I think the stats were 56-44, so okay, we had more of the ball, but we did nothing with it. And um, also that the, the, they started saying that um, Cekaroni and Viznevsky, who are two centre-backs, are the first and fourth in terms of the rankings, in terms of passes completed for central defenders. And I'm like, these things don't matter. They're obsessed with statistical... You know niceties. I know uh-huh. you were talking about stats earlier, but they, they seem to focus on these things, which informs their market as well, informs who they play, who they buy, yeah. uh, and it just doesn't work. It no, does it, not work no, as a system. No, and, and those two, they might have just passed it back and forward to one exactly. another between the between the defence, which is not a lot. But at least, I mean, I believe. I believe they're open to criticism on the on social media, though, Marco. That I mean, they do they take that on the chin. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah. So <laughs> last season, they 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 briefly took their took the comments down on Facebook and I think Instagram because they weren't liking that people were criticising them. And to be fair, some of those insults were going too far. They were getting personal about uh, people on the board and stuff. But um, this season, it seems to have continued again. People offer. You know, fans, people that give them money, that want to see the team do well, that go to the stadium, the people they need to attract into the stadium, which is a real issue because there were very few people at the game yesterday. Um, If they they criticise under the official feed, then more often than not, you'll find those comments disappear in a day or two, which is utterly ridiculous. It's the the club, you know, the fans make the club. It's not the, the, their swish marketing about football shirts and little videos about Venice that, that make the club and will attract people to the club. It's success and supporting the local fans. And they just don't seem to understand that. And it, to be honest, I've kind of lost my... You know, I'm at the end of my tether, tether with it. I, I just... You almost wonder, well, would it be better if the, these this lot just went away? And it, yeah, that would be disastrous financially. Yeah, obviously, yeah. And we'd go probably away back down to Serie D again and start again. But... Um, well, I don't yeah, like it, I don't like to kick a man when he's down, but I saw that Sud Tirol actually won a game today, so <laughs> that drags you down yeah. even further down the division with this lot in charge. But no, I mean you're right that that has to be there has to be a dialogue, mm-hmm. you know. And and nowadays social media is that platform. And yeah, if if things go over the top, if people are unreasonable, or you know. Personally insulting, then there's you know that's there's mm. no need for that. But you're right, they're long suffering fans, and these are people. Let's not forget that you know they'll be there long after this regime has gone. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the chances of this particular ownership outlasting your support of Venezia is is pretty is pretty slim. You know, so so they should be taking on board. What people care about the club have to see, you know, and it's understandable after a bad defeat or a poor performance, you've got to take that on the chin. I mean, if you can't take that on the chin, I mean, we've got not dissimilar situation in Florence with Rocco Comiso, who seems to 
take the huff from time to time if mm-hmm. if you're if you know if you're even mildly critical of what they've done. It's like you know we do all this for you. And then, you know, what do we give yeah. us? It's a bit like you're a spoiled child or something, yeah, you know, and right. we, we come and you... Be grateful for the scraps that you Yeah, have. yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's not, I mean, it's not even that you're not grateful because, I mean, I know, you know, with Fiorentina, I've seen where Fiorentina's been, how yeah. lowly they've been. So, you know, to put in place, if the Viola Park is a great thing, then that's, that's fantastic. You know, you've put a lot of money into the club. I do appreciate it. I do see, you know, in the De La Valdes before them, they did put a lot, people thought that they didn't spend money, but they did put a lot of money into the club and they did deliver it back from, you know, we were in Serie C, do we? Don't forget, you know, so the, there was, you know, there was progress and there is, there is gratitude, but that, it's not a, it's not a sort of never-ending well of gratitude. No, the, the, that's the, right. and, and it's not an unquestioning one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think fans are entitled to ask questions and to feel disappointed. If you know, I mean, much as we well, love, we love seeing our central defenders pass the ball to one <laughs> another. We also quite like to see the ball go in the back of the net and win games from time exactly. to time. And that's the stat that I find is the most compelling. One yeah, I yeah, I do, I do too. You know, just to call me old-fashioned, but <laughs> ball in net is the one that you know. I tend to celebrate that more than a square pass across the. <laughs> Across the back line, I don't know about you, but I mean, just I'll end the rant here. But you know, I do appreciate, like you say, they've put, they've built a new training centre for the club, or they are building one, and you know, we did get to Serie A, and this is all thanks to the project that they've been doing. But what has happened in the last couple of seasons, and particularly this calendar year, really, is that they've gone off the ball they don't understand what makes a football team successful on the pitch and they're relying too much on methods that they've obviously imported from other sports and it doesn't work or it hasn't worked this year you know it happened last season it's happening this season again and that is something that is fair to point out and I just hope that I am wrong and I I genuinely hope Yavorchich turns out to be a great manager that Poyampalo it's the Capo Cannonieri, uh, that Aaron Connolly is some sort of Messi-like player, but I just don't see it at the moment. That's it, the problem. The, the evidence is certainly against them at the moment. Let's yeah. let's let's leave it. Let's leave it at that. Just just before we wind up, Marco, I wanted to um, say a few words and and you chip in yourself. Some emotional scenes in Bergamo um, earlier in the week with Josip Ilicic mutually agree in the end of his his contract with with the club i mean as obviously he's had his struggles off the pitch you know they've and and that's and that's hard to do but i mean what a player on on the field of play on his day um, unstoppable really i mean one of the i don't know if it's it's a thing about left-footed players yeah, that they just look—they look so—they look so elegant. They look so stylish. It's something just—I think just because it's different, probably just because it's they, they come at you from a different angle or whatever. But for a big guy, he had you know a, amazing balance and and poise. And as I say, we we had him at Fiorentina, and I think it's fair to say he didn't always—he wasn't always the the Fiorentina fans' favourite because he had. Good games and bad games. I think now, you know, we we, we can put that into context a yeah. bit with the struggles he was having off the pitch, obviously, and just getting getting himself up and and into games, obviously. And you know, and I, I think there'll be a few Fiorentina fans probably feel quite bad about what, what they said about him over the years. But at Bergamo, 
he found for you know for several years he found his environment and he found a place there where he was trusted and cherished and he delivered some outstanding performances for them. I think you know four goals against Valencia and sadly when times of COVID when there was nobody there to actually because deserved a a standing ovation. But you know a, a player. You enjoy watching as well, Marco? Yeah, like you say, there is something about a left-footed player like that that, that somehow stands out from from uh, many other players. And he did. He was one of these players that on his day, he was, he was pretty much unstoppable and could do amazing things with the football, which is what you want to see as a football fan. Um, you know, it's... it's really sad that it's it's had to end in the way that it has i think it's it was great that he got the tribute that he did from atalanta and it is a shame that a player of his talent didn't ever quite reach the levels that he might have otherwise been able to had everything off the pitch been okay yeah absolutely i mean i think this sounds like sort of an obituary but he has said he has said that he hopes to keep playing and you know and, and ideally in Italy, which has become his adopted homeland, so you know there's still a there's still a chance. Maybe Marco get right, yeah, get right and find some pointless stats about left <laughs> yeah, exactly. left-footed players winning Serie B and <laughs> converting chances at the Pierluigi Pence. Him and uh, Jeremy Menez at Regina, these sort of mercurial players that suddenly pop up somewhere you never expect them essentially yeah well we, we look forward to that anyway listen kept you well up beyond your bedtime marco it's time for a hot a hot grappa <laughs> eh, and 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 off and off to your bed but listen thanks everyone for listening once again this week and as always uh, you know the more likes the more shares and and everything that you can give us um they're all appreciated and you know, interact with us. We're not Venezia. We'll take your insults on social media and and come out. We encourage them as long well as you can take them back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And we'll come back. We'll come back fighting. So listen. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll be back again next week, and 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 hopefully Marco's cold is cleared up by then. Yes. See you all then. <laughs>